just, you know, I've just found... What have you found? I've just found this. this huh? Is this, your, is this your invoice for the show? How do you have that? Is that what you're getting? What do you mean? Give it here. Is that what he's getting? I How just, do you justify that? Can you just flick this? Leave it. Sorry. Mate, just leave it. Just relax, right? Blimey. Breathe, okay? Look, you weren't meant to see that. I apologise. Right? wrong game. Okay, well, here we go. ESPN, Head in the Game. Hello, this is Head in the Game, the weekly podcast that offers you a bluffer's guide to sport. We get the lowdown from a gamut of guests who really know their stuff. I'm Jamie Lang, and if this is your first time listening, where have you been? As ever, I'm joined by my buddy, my confidant, the yin to my yang. He's the uncle you just wish would go home because it's getting late, Mr. Alexander Lowe. It's just Alex. Okay, well, I'm being paid by the syllable, mate. Explains a lot. This is Head in the Game, and what have we got to look forward to this week? Okay, a little bit of a clue. Uh, A bit of dribbling, maybe a bit of dunking. Is it competitive tea and biscuits? No, Mr. Lowe, it's the NBA All-Star Game, which takes place in Charlotte, North Carolina, this coming Sunday. Now, why don't you put the kettle on? Okay, go and relax. We're going to get ESPN correspondent Tim Bontemps on the line to share some of his All-Star savvy. Good idea. Jingle! Uh, Hi, Tim, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you guys doing? Tim Bontemps, how are you? Thank you so much for tuning in to Head in the Game. Happy to do it. Tim, also, I do this with every guest. It's not creepy at all. Where are you in the world at the moment? I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. Ah, Boston. Cup of coffee. (laughs) That's right. So, Tim, uh, we got a couple of questions for you because we hear uh, you know everything about the NBA All-Star Game. And unfortunately, my co-host knows nothing. So you're going to be our eyes and ears on the ground. Why is the NBA All-Star Game such a big deal? Because the NBA is a sport that thrives on star players and big personalities, and all of them are in one place at the same time at the All-Star Game. It's kind of what's made it into the spectacle that it is. It's just going to naturally lead to it being a really important week in the middle of, you know, a pretty crazy NBA season. And yet, at the same time, it's just an exhibition game. Is that correct? There's no ramifications for it in any way other than just giving people a chance to watch these guys play. So basically, it's just where you get all the best stars come together and everyone watches and has a good time. That's exactly what it is. It's supposed to be a big party for a weekend. Oh, I love a party. Maybe I should go. How does it differ from a regular NBA game? There's no defense at all. I mean, people like to say that there's no defense in basketball or in the NBA, which is except for the end of games, which is pretty silly, in my opinion. If you if you watch an all-star game, there's literally no defense being played. So is it a chance for people to really show off if there's not so much defense and it's all about attack? That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's a chance to show off, bring out some highlight dunks, some alley-oops, some, you know, try to shoot the ball from you know, 40 feet away from the basket. I mean, it sounds great. Alex thinks an alley-oop is a cereal, but it's it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's where they throw the ball up in the air and someone else catches and dunks That's it. That's right. Yeah, That's don't get right. too technical. <laughs> well, I'm just That's telling right. you. How many people watch it on TV? Is it huge? Is it like the Super Bowl? I mean, nothing's like the Super Bowl. I mean, it's a big deal and, and people pay attention to it, but it, it's definitely not on that level. It's more of a situation where, you know, the league kind of stops for a weekend. People pay attention to this and then, you know, we get back to the chase for who's going to make it into the playoffs and what happens the rest of the season. The finals are much more like the Super Bowl in terms of the number of people that watch and the importance of them. This is more of a uh, needed yeah. midseason break. But, Tim, that's the weird thing, right? You talk about it being a midseason break. I would kind of say that why didn't they do it at the end of the season when everyone's played the, the games, everyone's kind of got to the end? Why would you do something midseason? Uh, because it does allow for a chance for everyone to kind of catch their breath and take a few days off. And also, if you did it at the end of the season, a lot of guys wouldn't play. Um, a lot of guys would be tired. A lot of guys would be preparing for free agency. Guys will have not played for a couple months at that point. 
doing it now kind of allows for everyone to be in shape and playing and, and able to do it without having to worry about any ramifications down the road for them in terms of, well, I can't play because I just came off the plane in the NBA finals and I'm exhausted, or I just spent two months not playing. Now I got to try to play in this game or I'm going to be a free agent in a week and I can't get hurt. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of those things that factor into that. So other than the captains, LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo, which other stars should we be looking forward to seeing? Uh, there's a whole bunch of guys. Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and Clay Tosser from the Golden State Warriors are playing. James Harden, who's leading the league in scoring, he's having an unbelievable season, is playing. Kyrie Irving, star for the Celtics, is playing. Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis. I mean, you go up and down the rosters, basically every player that anyone wants to see play from either conference is going to be playing in the game. So from that standpoint, you know, pretty much any fan's favorite player is going to be in the game and they'll get a chance to watch them play and, uh, and you know, show off their skills. Don't they get the teams get decided by a public vote? So, so for the starting lineup, uh, half of the vote is determined by fan voting. A quarter of the vote is determined by the media, and a quarter of the vote is determined by the players who all vote. The league's coaches then pick the reserves. That sounds like the most complicated system. And also, yeah. I feel, Alex, I see you look at me. You're, you, that brings you right back to sports day. It when does, you yeah. Picked. I've got a vision of me standing there in my vest and uh, my pants because I've forgotten to bring my shorts, the last one to be picked. What? <laughs> Dear me. And how does the conference choose the captain, Tim? It's whoever ends up with the most votes so Giannis and, and LeBron both had the most votes uh among any of the um among any players so they became the starter uh in each conference the captain I mean how good is LeBron James compared to Giannis or the other way around I mean right now I would say Giannis has probably surpassed LeBron as a player a few people probably have given LeBron at this point for as great as he is and maybe in one game you would take him over anybody still but he really doesn't play much defense anymore. He's now 34. He's in his 16th season. He's kind of become a, a designated hitter. Probably for people listening across the pond, he's probably comparable to Cristiano Ronaldo at this point. He's going to score a lot and do a lot to create baskets for other guys, but he's probably not going to be providing much at the other end because he's you know in the latter stage of his career and he's got to conserve some of his energy to still be the kind of player he is offensively. Yeah, and to go into lots of sponsorship meetings, you need a bit of energy yeah, that, with that, that, with that they pen. Both are, they both are like that, too. Yeah. Now, which conference usually wins, Tim? I think the West has won more often than not over the past you know, 10 or 15 years. But again, it's these games aren't exactly hyper-competitive. So right. a lot of times it just comes down to which team manages to make some more threes in the game. Uh, you know, the last couple of years, I think they've been shooting 50, 60, 70 threes a game. If one team makes 25, the other makes 18. You know, that's probably going to be the difference. But I think the West has won more often than not over the past few years. Tim, tell me, what else happens on the All-Star weekend? Now, I've read about there's a celeb game on the Friday. And who will be taking part? There's a bunch of stuff that goes on. You mentioned uh, Friday night, there's a, a rookie sophomore game. So all the best first and second year players in the league will play. Uh, on Saturday night, there's a skills competition, there's a slam dunk competition, there's a three-point competition, and then on Sunday is the All-Star Game. And then around that, there's you know different events and a lot of sponsorship stuff, a lot of corporate events for players to go promote products that they're involved with, um, that kind of stuff. It's kind of a big business meeting for a lot of these guys as much as it is a... Uh, a celebration of their skills on the court. So when it says celeb game, it's not kind of Roseanne Barr trying to shoot some hoops. The celebrity game is like a variety of actual celebrities. There's actors and musicians. And this guy, Arnie Duncan, who played at Harvard, was in President Obama's 
cabinet he played a couple years ago justin bieber i think has played in it it's it's a whole cross section Wait, of people so so tim let me get this right so you need to be a celebrity you need to be good at sport and then you can play and you need an in yeah i feel like yeah. i wouldn't necessarily say you have to be good i would say you have to be oh, better zed list so, you're just the man of, i would say i would say a lot of the people are, are pretty good but yeah, it's not. I would definitely not say that all of them are. I reckon I could take on Justin Bieber and Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I could shoot those three pointers, hundred uh, percent. Tim, tell me, who are you backing this year? I guess the Western Conference. They're a little bit better. Are you going to go to it? I will be in Charlotte for the game. Yes. Oh, why don't you? You need a partner to go with because I'm free. You can take my spot if you want. You can talk to my bosses, and I will. Uh, I will go take a, a vacation. In All the right, of the season. I'm that in. would be nice. I'm in, Mister <laughs> Good Time, Tim Bontemps. Everybody, thank you so much. Thanks, Tim. Hey, happy to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Tim Bontemps, everybody. What a lovely man. Now, Alex, this is uh, my favorite time of the show because uh, it's the moment where we get to hear from my favorite person. It isn't you. It is the voice. Tell us, voice. It's the history of the NBA All-Star Game in 60 seconds. The NBA All-Star Game was an idea born out of a crisis. It's 1951 and college basketball was still reeling from a match-fixing scandal. Walter Brown, owner of the Boston Celtics, bought into a crazy idea from an NBA publicist called Haskell Cohen. Cohen suggested a glamorous mid-season All-Star Game made up of the finest NBA players from the Eastern and Western conferences. Everyone told Cohen it wouldn't work, it was going to flop. But it didn't. Over 10,000 people flocked to the Boston Garden to watch the best of the East take on the best of the West. And the rest is history. That's not it, though, is it? The Eastern dominated up until the 2000s, but then the Western fought back. Then, just as the Western Conference was gaining ground, they changed the format. From 2018, the leading vote winner from each conference becomes captain. Hence Team Yanis versus Team LeBron. Who pick the players they want regardless of which conference they're from. Anthony Davis holds the record for most points scored at the All-Star Game in 2017. Scoring 52 points for the Western Conference. Who took the game 192 to 182. The highest aggregate in All-Star history. Stop that clock, someone! <laughs> Now, cast your minds back to the very first episode of Head in the Game, and one of our most popular guests was Mr. Defence, Defence himself, UK NBA superfan, Nick Whitfield. Hello, Nick. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Really appreciate it. Great to have you back. Nick, your voice is like smooth butter over bread when I hear it. The feeling's mutual, guys. It's been uh, too long, far too long. Okay, don't overdo it. Now, uh, Nick, <laughs> LeBron James is easily the biggest name in basketball, so it's not a big surprise he's one of the team captains. This is LeBron's 15th time as an all-star player. Only Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Kobe Bryant have been picked more times. Why is LeBron so popular? First of all, it hasn't always been the case, and I think this is an interesting story because he actually, in 2010, he made a really bad PR move where he basically he made a TV show deliberately to announce he was leaving his hometown Cleveland Cavaliers for the Miami Heat, which, as you can imagine, did not go down particularly well with Cavaliers fans. Since then, he's kind of become more or less as close to a saint as you can become as a sports figure. He's uh, He's been to the NBA Finals every season. Uh, he's won three championships. He's won four MVPs, three finals MVPs. And there's a couple of things I think that put him beyond other players where he's got a hashtag associated with him now, which is hashtag more than an athlete. And he's taken responsibility for speaking on, on social issues, which a lot of players in the past haven't done. 
And he's also he's developed an amazing record as a philanthropist. He, he even opened a school for underprivileged children last year. There's kind of there's there's not much you could take offence to with LeBron right now. Right, he was MVP with 29 points last time. Do you think he again can sprinkle some magic over Team LeBron? It's actually a bit less likely this year for a couple of reasons. The first is he's coming off an injury, which means he may decide to take it a bit easy and the second reason is that the scenario in Los Angeles right now is that he's in recruitment mode he's trying to bring another superstar level player to come and play with him in Los Angeles so he may be giving up the ball a bit more than you'd usually expect to try and kind of win brownie points with the other players there wait and he has that much pull as an athlete he has the persuasion power to bring other people in Yes, absolutely. It's a big talking point in the NBA right now is the the power that the best players have in convincing other players to leave their teams to go and play with them. I mean, I find that just amazing that he can actually do that. So he has more power than the actual team, even more power than like the brand, the Lakers. Just himself, he could pull people in. Potentially. Uh, it's actually a mixed blessing. You had During his time with Cleveland, you had Kyrie Irving, who was his number two, actually leave because he didn't like playing in the shadow of LeBron, as it were, now that he has that status. But you can imagine if you're a player who maybe has put up big numbers, maybe won individual accolades, but you haven't won a championship yet, the attraction of playing alongside LeBron in a giant market like Los Angeles is quite attractive. Denver's Michael Malone will coach Team LeBron. I mean, presumably his tactics mean something. What can we expect from him as a coach? Yes and no. He's, uh, I mean, Mike Malone's had a brilliant season in Denver. They've obviously got the best record in the West, which is why he's coaching the game. In the All-Star game, you normally there's not a lot of strategy applied, to be honest. They normally kick the balls out get them to play and then maybe if it's close in the fourth quarter they might draw up some set plays so I honestly don't think it'll be a kind of huge influence on it, it, the game won't be influenced by Mike Malone's tactics too much I wouldn't think but you're saying that LeBron might have more influence than the, the, their very own coach it's a funny thing you say that so for almost every team LeBron plays for now he he gets accused of being the star player the coach and the general manager which is <laughs> the kind of stature of that guy right now but that's insane. So, and also, not only is he going to just do, he's going to sort of command the game in that way. He gets to pick the team as a captain. You pick who you want. Isn't that right? That is absolutely correct. So, so yeah, he'll be there on the biggest stage with his own team, potentially organising the team as well. So, so who? What kind of players is he going to pick? So, I think rather than type of players, I think there's a few storylines that people should watch out for. Uh, I mentioned Kyrie Irving before, who had a very public breakup after their championship in Cleveland. They actually, they, they recently sort of reignited their bromance uh, very publicly by announcing they had a phone call where they kind of put their differences aside. So it would be quite a a keen move, should we say, if uh, LeBron was looking to reunite with him, if he was his first pick, for example. Are you confident the win is going to go Team LeBron? Whatever the question is, if LeBron James is a potential answer, I'm probably going to root for LeBron. Really? Who, which one of your Knicks players is going to be in the team? Uh, absolutely zero. And why should we take your word for it? Because you got it wrong last time when we had you on here. This is the difference. I, I'm more objective when not judging the team that I actually support. <laughs> okay. And enough. Nick, also, we need to know where uh, are we going to be watching it? Because are you going to come around to mine? Am I going to go over to yours? Are we? How are we doing this? I would guess your place is probably a little bigger than mine, so uh, your yeah. sofa is the destination. But I think. Alex Lowe knows where I live, so we don't want to know. <laughs> we don't want that, do we? No. 
<laughs> Should we watch the whole weekend's action? Do you think it's going to be a great weekend to watch everything? Yes, it, it, I mean, it always is. There's always um, everything from the uh, celebrity game to the dunk contest to the three-point shootout. There's always, uh, there's always some fun moments in all of those things. I think uh, a couple of things to look out for this year would be uh, Dirk Nowitzki, who's uh, 40 years old. He's going to be not only playing in the game in some sort of weird ambassadorial role that they put him in but he's also going to be in the three-point shootout which he actually maybe has a chance in so that'll be a fun uh, result if the 40 year old were to pull that out and so you think I mean, j- just quickly how seriously should uh, nba uk fans take the game i mean or, and indeed someone like me who doesn't really know much about basketball will it be a really sort of a false vision of what the thing's really about if i watch it will i get any sort of sense of what uh, basketball's all about the, the really important thing to consider with the All-Star game is that it's as much a entertainment spectacle as it is a competitive game. It's all about uh, the razzmatazz of having the best players in the same game. It's about having spectacular plays. It's about having celebrities in the audience. It's, it's, it's really about that kind of showcasing the game rather than uh, it being a, a kind of big deal over which team wins. The dunking contest presumably is just is people coming up like a penalty shootout. Yes, except much more exciting because you don't exactly know uh, in a penalty shootout you within a framework you know what they're trying to do. In a dunk contest, you literally don't know what to expect. They they can bring any props they want. They can raise or lower the hoop. They can bring other players, get them involved. They might uh, wear a different jersey to salute a different player. You know, you literally never know quite what's going to happen in that. They jump over people. They yeah. have trampolines. Jump over cars. Yeah. Nick, we can't let you go anywhere without asking you to do your trademark chant. However, the NBA All Star Weekend doesn't have any defense, does it? So we're going to swap it around. I'm going to do our fence. And on three, you're going to scream it like you've never screamed anything before. Are you ready for this, Nick Whitfield? I'm ready. I'm prepared. No, Nick, this is your moment. Okay? This is your time. Are you ready? Ready. No, I, I said, are you ready? <laughs> I am committed and ready. <laughs> One, two, three. Our fence. Our fence. <laughs> Nick, I've never met you, but I think you're my best friend. <laughs> I do. I think so too. Nick Whitfield, everybody. Uh, Nick, have a fabulous weekend. I'm bringing around the popcorn and chips and burgers to your place. I'll see you then. Cheers, mate. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Time now to sift through our virtual post bag. Now, we've had loads of feedback following last week's episode on eSports. Lauren from France says he's a massive eSports fan and thought London's Spitfire team manager Susie Kim was formidable. Is that how you said in French? (laughs) How much do they spend on your education? Formidable. Formidable. He says she certainly put Alex in his place. He clearly had no idea how big eSports really is. He says Susie was so good, perhaps she could sort out Brexit. Oh, let's hope so. Dom from Surrey says, love the show, particularly the on-air tension between the two presenters. Is this just for effect or do you dislike each other as much as it sounds? No, it's very, very, very real. Anyway, Dom says, apart from being a big NFL fan, 
He's also a Man United supporter. Of course, you are Dom from Surrey. They usually are. He asks, are we going to feature the Man U v Liverpool game next weekend? Yes, we will be referencing the Man U versus Liverpool showdown in an episode dedicated to the great rivalries in sport. In fact, we want you to send in your nominations for the top rivalries in sport and explain why. It can be any sport you choose. Don't forget to leave your comments slash feedback on our podcast platform and also on our Facebook group by searching for Head in the Game podcast and just clicking join. You'll also find videos, pictures and polls about the podcast on there too. ESPN Head in the Game. Earlier we spoke with our very good friend Nick Whitfield who gave us the lowdown on the LeBron camp. However, we need someone who is in the Yanis camp. Uh, so let's talk to Team Yanis superfan Danny who is over in Greece. Yes, sus, Danny. Yes, sus, uh, to you as well. How are you guys? Alex, you probably don't know that's hello in Greek. Uh, Danny, we hear you're a huge Yanis fan, is that right? I've been uh, following Yanis since uh, his draft day. How popular is basketball in Greece? Oh, it's uh, probably the national sport. I mean, uh, the way you have cricket or, or football uh, in the UK, for us it's basketball as well. Since 1987, most of the Greeks have been following uh, basketball. And, uh, you know, basically because of the national team or some uh, teams that we have, Panathinaikos and Olympiakos, are doing great in basketball. So most of, of Greeks uh, follow basketball very closely. And you're, you're a big fan of, of Yanis. He has quite a story, doesn't he? Can you tell us about it? Well, uh, most people know the story, though. I mean, uh, Trust he came me, from nothing. I do it's, not know the story. I don't know anything. Well, Go on. Well, Yanni's story is pretty amazing. I mean, uh, he, he might be Greek, but he's like the epitome of the American dream. Uh, from what he's said so far, uh, Yanis was, uh, struggling and he, he was like selling CDs on the streets to make the, to make a living up until the age of 17. Um, if you remember, Yanis was drafted when he was 18 and he was playing for the second league in, in Greece. So nobody actually knew Yanis apart, apart from some scouts. He was playing in the second league and he was averaging not great numbers, but he was just 18. The scouts found him. I, I have no idea how. They, they were seeing videos actually of him on YouTube. And um, uh, some teams, uh, especially Milwaukee and Atlanta, if I remember well, they sent scouts over to Greece to see Yanis. But to be honest, no one was expecting what Yanis has become uh, five years later. Wait, so you're telling me he's like the Justin Bieber of the NBA world? Is he? Is he? No, I, 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 I cannot uh, re- relate Yanis to Justin Bieber. <laughs> they were both found on YouTube, Danny. So that's yeah, all, yeah. yeah. I, I know Justin's uh, story, but uh, I'm sorry, I know more about Justin Bieber. I apologize. I'm sure about that. <laughs> he's had an amazing season, considering he played for an unfashionable team. It's an extraordinary yeah. achievement. Presumably, you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan. To be honest, everyone in Greece right now is a Milwaukee Bucks uh, yeah. fan. I mean, um, w- when I, I first started following Milwaukee, it was a day that Yanis got drafted. And on Facebook, they had 500,000 followers, right? If you go on Milwaukee's page right now, they have almost 2 million. So I guess a lot of people are following Milwaukee from Greece. A lot of Greeks uh, live in the U.S. as well. So every time Yanis plays on on the road, there are thousands of Greeks waiting and waving at him with a Greek flag. So th- this is really a big thing for uh, for Greek immigrants in the U.S. as well. 
I love that. So you're saying that one and a half million people started following the Milwaukee Bucks Instagram page when uh, well, when he arrived. Well, since they, Giannis got drafted, they they got one million more followers um, in their Facebook page. And actually, I don't know if you guys can see that Milwaukee posts a lot of um, things in Greek as well. Um, so it's a big thing for us. I mean, it's 10, 10 million customers for them, right? So it's, it's a really big thing for us. But so there are not many other Greek players in the NBA. Would that be correct? Uh, not right now. We used to have a couple of players, but, um, they were kind of a bust. But Yanis is like, uh, it's everything we've been expecting, expecting for. I mean, who would expect that a guy that came from Greece would be voted captain in, in, in an all-star game? This is really amazing. You must be so proud because his nickname is the Greek freak. It's a term of endearment, isn't it? Not an insult. No, uh, yeah, and, and actually he loves it. So if, if Yanis loves it, uh, we are good with that. So, but also, we've got to get on to the uh, NBA All-Star game because yeah, sure. Giannis is one of the captains. How proud are you that he is taking on that role? Well, I, I voted for him three times, so um, <laughs> very proud. And to be honest, it, since LeBron moved to the West, it was something that we kind of expected. Because last year, I, I remember Giannis was second in voting uh, behind LeBron. So since now LeBron moved to the West... Um, but it Dan, was something that we did expect. But Danny, he's also only 24 years old. How young yes. is that to be captain and have that role? I mean, having that pressure on you is pretty tough, no? Well, uh, I'm not Yanis to answer this question, but I think, I've, you know, because I'm following all his interviews and everything, um, he takes everything, uh, you know, day by day. He's not like feeling, he, he's not in a big market team. So he's in Milwaukee. It's not like New York or LA or Miami or even Chicago. So he, he doesn't feel the pressure of winning a championship yet. Uh, so he's improving his game gradually and, uh, he, he's having fun. I mean, you, you can see by his face. He's always smiling, laughing. You, you, you don't see him frustrated a lot. I mean, we're not in the playoffs yet. But uh, he seems to be having fun, and this is what's important in life. He he enjoys his life. Yeah. How, how would you describe his style of play? I mean, for anyone like me who doesn't know him. How can you describe? I mean, um, a lot of analysts have tried to analyze Yanis, but uh, it's difficult to analyze something that you've never seen before. In every game, there is a highlight of Yanis doing something different that, that we have not seen from Yanis before. So, for example, everyone has been saying that Yanis cannot shoot, shoot the free throws, right? In the in the previous game, Yanis had 17 out of 17 free throws. Um, uh, he's very good at offense, of course. Everybody knows that Sakil called him Superman the other day. It, it used to be Sakil's uh, nickname. So in every game, Yanis amazes us, and this is why we keep uh, staring at the TV every time he's on the on the on the floor. I know. I mean, but also, I mean, he he. he I think he scored 16 points last All Star game, didn't he? I feel like this game, he's going to really come into his own. He's really going to own it because he's captain. Well, actually, I think it was 28. 
Yeah, Jamie. Uh, do you know what, Danny? You're probably right. I actually kind of guessed that number, so I just assume maybe yeah, it was. I think, I think in the previous All Star game, he scored. Uh, he was the second uh, scorer, but East lost. Uh, I mean, his team because okay, East and West, it's not exactly the, the same formula nowadays. But I think he actually had quite a lot of highlights. He um, he had the huge dunk over um, over Curry. But you know, it was a it was a big thing. So he he really played great in previous. I mean, what Giannis did in previous All Star game. All Star game is is kind of fun for most of the players in the NBA because they are friends with each other. But Giannis saw it as a competition, so he tried his best last time, and uh, I don't expect anything else uh, in this All Star game as well. But also, you have the Milwaukee coach Mike Budenholzer. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Oh, look at that. Uh, and well, he's much better than the way I pronounce. How it. do you pronounce it, Danny? I have a coach, but I, you know, you can go with oh, coach Bud. And bottom, that's it. bottom holder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's been employed, he's been appointed the coach of Team Yanis, and how much do you think that's going to help him? Uh, to be honest, I don't think that it makes any difference. Um, it, it's a game that the players go and to, to, to have, to have some fun. I don't think either it, it's coach Bud or any other uh, coach. It would mean, it would make any difference. In the game per se, it's a game that people, you know, just go to have fun. So, so uh, of course, I was go- sorry, I was going to say. I mean, we've been hearing the whole time that it is a bit of a free for all, and it's a chance for people to express yeah, exactly. themselves. Yeah. Do, do you expect them to employ certain tactics, or is it just a sort of uh, a fun, you know, a, a, a show piece? Well, it's a showbiz. I mean, it's a free for all uh, up until the last minute of the game. If the, if the game it's uh, it's tight, uh, then uh, players maybe for the last five six minutes they will start gradually playing some more defense. Or if uh, the MVP of the All Star game is in uh, you know in stake and someone wants to win it over the other, because usually the winner the the one that gets the MVP it's from the winning team, right? So uh, if there is someone that wants to get the MVP, uh, they will try their best to do it. But more or less we don't expect any great defenses. Last year maybe they scored something like three hundred and something points, three hundred and fifty points if I remember well, which is quite unlike. So most of the game is dunking and three-point shots but also danny you know uh yanis is going up against the legend lebron james yes yeah, sure, how sure. intimidating is that um well i don't think that yanis ever got afraid of lebron apart apart from the uh, the first couple of years of his nba career so um i think he's gonna try to do his best you know, to for, for his team to to win the All Star game, but it's gonna be fun because in some days they're gonna be doing a live selection of the players, so it's gonna be fun how Yanis is gonna uh, select the, the players uh, for his team. There's a live selection of the players where they yeah, pull yeah, them sure. onto the court, and the, do you think the players don't know yet? I don't think they know. Right. I don't think they okay. know. And do you think Yanis's team will win? That's the question. It depends on his selection. Um, I would, I would say LeBron has slightly more chances than Yanis team. Right. Okay. I, I would say that, but, but, uh, because we don't know the teams yet. Um, I would give, uh, 5% more to LeBron than to, than to Yanis. 5%, I love that. Uh, Danny, yeah, just 5%. <laughs> we don't know how, how motivated Yanis is gonna be for that game or how motivated LeBron there is gonna go. be on that game. Danny, where are you gonna be watching it? 
oh, for uh, at home maybe, or uh, we'll gather with some friends uh, to watch the game. It, it, de- it depends really, but for sure we're going to be watching it, as well as the three-point contest and the tank contest as well. Oh, Danny, I tell you what, uh, wherever you're going to be, wherever you're watching it, um, uh, good luck. I really hope Yanis wins this. And I just want to say you have been an absolute legend, absolute star coming on this. Um, Antol Sass. Yeah, can I say Efkaristo? Paracalo would be the right answer. (laughs) But we can stick to English. (laughs) Oh, we did our best. Danny, thank you very much. Uh, We really appreciate it. Good luck this weekend. Cheers, Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. So, Alex, what have we learned this week? Well, it's time to recap with our quick-fire quiz. Yes, it's the Head in the Game quiz. Oh, I've missed you, Alex, Jamie, are you ready? Yes. You you just jump straight into it every time. I just want to know one thing. How are you? How's your week been? Did you have a good weekend? Very good. Oh, there we go. Touch of the cold, though. This uh, weather doesn't doesn't suit my voice. Alex and Jamie, are you ready? Yes, Yes, sir. Round one, true or false? Alex first. LeBron James writes with his left hand but shoots with his right. Uh, true? It is true. Jamie, LeBron James is an investor in Everton Football Club. <laughs> oh, easy, false. False, it's Liverpool Football Club. Alex, Yanis's hands are three inches longer than LeBron's. If his hands were in proportion to the rest of his body, he'd be ten foot tall. True uh, or false? False. It is true. True. Finally, oh. Jamie, Yanis's stride is a foot longer than a Siberian tiger's. Ah, <laughs> uh, true. It's false. Oh. It's a foot longer than a white-tailed deer. Round two, NBA slang or country song. Alex, wide open spaces. That's uh, Dixie, Ch- Dixie Chicks album, isn't it? Yes, country song. Good knowledge. Yes. Jamie, shake your man. NBA slang? Yes, meaning fake out a defender. Alex, active around the rim. I would say that's definitely... Uh, a real basketball term. NBA slang. It's when a player jumps around to try and gain a rebound. And finally, Jamie, walk the line. Walk the line. I don't Johnny Cash. Very good. A country song. It's getting very, very close. Round three, final round, multiple choice. Alex, LeBron James has won how many Olympic golds? A, one, B, two, C, three. Three? It is two. Jamie, who is headlining the official All-Star Weekend tip-off party? A, Dougie Fresh. B, Mantronix. C, Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice? It is Dougie Fresh. Alex, in 2015, Nike signed a sponsorship deal with LeBron James for how long? A, 20 years. B, 25 years. C, life. 25 years? It is life. Oh. And finally, Jamie, how many of 15 times NBA All-Star Shaquille O'Neal's 11,196 career baskets were three-pointers? A, 5,322. B, 11. C, 1. C. Correct. It's yes, just the kidding. one. Jamie wins <laughs> by 119 points to 117. Oh, I hate you, voice. Voice, before you go. Yes. I love you. Round of golf? Done. Oh, that music. That's right. We're done for this week. Uh, Join us next week for something quite special. Yeah, in honour of the imminent showdowns between Man United and Liverpool in the Premier League and Wales and England in the Six Nations, Head in the Game focuses on, get this, great sporting rivalries. Uh, Right, we want you to send in your nominations for the top rivalries in sport and explain why. It can be in any sport you choose. And don't forget, please subscribe, review, tell your friends, relatives, strangers in the street. Until then keep your head in the game ESPN head in the game mm. 
Yeah, I just really feel like I can connect with you, and I, and I know we just met and we're just sort of working together. But I just oh, who are you talking to? Nothing, just uh, just uh, just um, practicing. You got my script. Oh, yeah, kiss you later. I remember many many years ago, I knew a young man like you. It was the same. I really feel like I can connect with your voice. Why don't you come to Sunday lunch? My wife makes a lovely lamb. That would be lovely. 